Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. If we burn ourselves, we cannot heal that burn if we are still on the flame, right? That would be silly to put salve on a burn and then put our hand right back on that stove. The same is true for healing our bodies. If you've changed the way you eat and are moving your body daily but still lacking that energy and in constant pain and you can't lose the weight, then maybe it's time to remove your hand from the fire. If this is something you need help with, go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. We are helping women boost their body's natural detox, accelerate fat loss with ease, and reverse aging naturally. Why are we offering this? Well, number one, community. We are 95% more likely to achieve our health goals when we are surrounded by like-minded women. Genes are not our destiny. We know through these steps we can prevent and reverse chronic disease. No more guesswork and no more gimmicks. We know working with an expert coach gets us results faster with simple lifestyle changes. And lastly, the new normal. This last year has taught us how important our health is. Now is the time to revitalize. Check us out at transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show, The Toxin Terminator. I'm so glad that you guys tune in each and every week to learn those toxin-free, preventative, healthy lifestyle tips that we share with every guest I bring on. My guest today, I'm really excited to bring on. He aligns so much with what I teach in Pillars of a, of a Healthy Lifestyle, and we are going to get into his passion and his dedication, find out how this transferred from board certified into more of a, a lifestyle medicine that is his practice. I'll let you guys know a little bit about him. He is a board certified cardiologist. He is certified in lifestyle medicine. He's a life coach um, and a motivational speaker. Now I'm scrolling across the bottom of my screen, his Facebook page where they do weekly lives. He's also got a YouTube channel that you can check into because his passion in dedication is to help people live a healthier and happier life. His focus is on the six pillars of a healthy lifestyle. Dr. Ajah Shah, I am so excited to have you with us today. My question that I have as we dive into this episode today is, you're a board certified cardiologist. How did you go from that to wanting to teach people about more of a healthy preventative lifestyle? So I've been board certified cardiologist for 26 years. So that's a decade of experience. But mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize over the last five to 10 years that no matter how many procedures I do, no matter how many medications I prescribe, many of these patients, they keep coming back 
A matter of fact, I was just putting a Band-Aid on their, many of their chronic heart disease instead of reversing them or even stopping them from progressing. So I started to look into that what else can be done to prevent and to reverse some of this chronic heart disease and including any chronic disease. And I came across this Dr. Joe Furman's uh, live DVD on PBS about healthy eating. And I mm -hmm. got into, because of Joe Furman's actually teaching and education, more so into healthy eating. And that led to the next step, which was getting board certified into lifestyle medicine. And when I took my boards, I had to study almost about 60 or 70 hours of different pillars of healthy lifestyle. And when I studied them, I realized that this is actually the solution to American healthcare crisis. I actually got that, uh, that feeling even like within first, within first one month that this is an eye opener for me, that this is the solution to this American healthcare crisis. You know, we spend billions and trillions of dollars in this American healthcare. And despite yes. that, we are like 32, number 32 in terms of longevity, in terms of obesity, we are number one in the world. Many of the chronic disease, heart disease is number one for last 100 years. You know, one would think that with all the technology and with all the research we have done, we would have defeated the heart disease by now, but actually we have not. So there is a basic, basic underlying issue with the way we deliver the cardiac care in this country. And that needs to have a paradigm shift. And lifestyle medicine is actually the paradigm shift, in my opinion, is actually the mm -hmm. solution to this American heart health crisis. Right. And um, you talk about this as a crisis, and I couldn't agree more with you. It truly is a crisis. We're seeing our numbers skyrocket off the charts in our overall health and well-being as a nation here in the United States. And you say the and people need to understand that you come from India, and that's where a lot of your training began. And then you came over here to the United States, correct? That's correct. You know, so... Um, I, I love that you talk about, you know, learning these six pillars and learning nutrition. When you were going through your board certifications with cardiology and in, in, in the medical world, did you learn about these six pillars in any kind of uh, fashion at all? Or were you just learning a prescription to write and, you know, a Band-Aid to put on the problem? The answer is zero education about the six pillars zero literally zero <laughs> the nutrition education i got in my medical school was mostly about biochemistry like how many calories a carbohydrate gram can give but there was right. nothing about how to cook healthy food how to do grocery shopping how to prepare a meal for the family there was no education about how to deliver a nutrition to a patient in my residency in my fellowship Literally, the nutrition education was close to be zero hours. So most of my nutrition and six pillars happened in last four years, which is kind of technically, which is really a sad situation because we spent hours and hours in our fellowship learning about how to prescribe medicine, how to do procedures. You know, I was doing procedures in terms of pacemakers and stands and many other things, but we did not get any education on how to sit next to a patient and talk about sleep or talk about right. exercise 
or talk about stress management, we are most cardiologists. I would say 95% of cardiologists in this country are not equipped to talk about the six pillars of healthy lifestyle. Oh, I agree 100%. I, I was sharing with you before we went live that my uh, husband's cardiologist, I asked him at one of the appointments I was there, what lifestyle changes can we make to help improve his outcome and what's going on with him? And he said, none. There's nothing you can do. And I, I think that is the problem that we incur and time. You know, what kind of time are you allotted to have with your patient? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Technically, when we see a return patient, we get about 15 minutes with each patient. Out of 15 minutes, four or five minutes goes into paperwork and reading about patient chart even before we go in the room. So technically, we get about 10 or 11 minutes. And then we have to deal with patient symptoms. The patient is having chest pain. We have to dive into why the chest pain is happening. And that may take up most of the 10 minutes. So technically, it leaves no time to talk about six pillars. Plus, many doctors themselves are not following the six pillars. Doctors don't have education. They don't get paid to talk about six pillars. A doctor who puts a stand gets paid $1,100 Versus if he talks about healthy eating, he may get paid $20 or $30. So there are no incentive in healthcare system to talk about the six pillars. And I think all those things, all those changes are coming, Amy. I think the government, insurance companies, hospitals, communities are realizing that there has to be some kind of incentive to talk about the six pillars. American College of Lifestyle Medicine is working very, very proactively and very aggressively to get it approved for some of the six pillars. For example, Dean Ornish, you know, Dean Ornish proved in 1991 that heart disease can be reversed with just simple lifestyle changes. So that was 30 years ago, you know, 30 right. years ago. And he was able to actually approve a Medicare program where if a person is enrolled into Dean Ornish, Type lifestyle program, now Medicare pays for it. So I think right. those changes are coming. I'm very optimistic. I see a good future, but we have a lot of work to do. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that you are seeing a good future in it because that gives me hope in the system still that, that there can be changes made because it's frustrating. You and I both know the things that we need to do yet i think there's a lot of big dollars behind why it doesn't happen and we just have to keep fighting to to make those radical changes that need to happen i see clinics all over the world that are starting to now hire coaches to bring them in and do what the doctors don't have the time to do and i think that's a huge step in the right direction i think that's a good point i think uh, i think see right now because of what we have not done for last 50 60 years we still need cardiologists to take care of acute oh, problems because right. heart attacks are still going to happen because we are paying the price for our behavior for the last 30, 40, 50 years. So we will still need cardiologists. But right. if we can somehow train a proper health coaches who can be delegated by the cardiologists. So I think cardiologists actually just need to take the initiative to ask the patient to go see a healthcare coach who knows everything about six pillars of healthy lifestyle. So I agree with you. I think cardiologists don't need to do it themselves. They just need That's the right. mindset and they need they need the trust and they need the belief 
that the six pillar work. Unfortunately, many cardiologists still haven't developed the trust and the faith into the six pillars. I think once they develop that trust and the faith, I think yeah. this, this field will go bound exponentially. I, I agree with you. And, and I, I think that's a great thing to look forward to. What do you feel about having insurance cover that? You know, if the cardiologist or the endocrinologist or, you know, for diabetes is recommending you need a health coach, um, where, where are we at in trying to get this covered by our, our insurance companies? So most health coach visits are not covered by insurance right now, right. unfortunately, right. unless they are supervised by physicians. So if a physician group has a health coach in their practice, and if they are supervised, then they may get very slow level of reimbursement. But most of the health coach coaching right now is out-of-pocket expense, and that right. needs to change. I agree with you. Right. Well, let's let's take this last part of the of the podcast because we're talking about what the problem is. I think it's important for our audience to hear what those problems are so that we understand why this is the solution. And let's start breaking down the six pillars. You talked about nutrition. Um, what would be your number one thing in, in pillar number one with nutrition? People need to change right now. So I agree. Nutrition is number one pillar. If you have a right type of nutrition, you can actually win half of the battle. So nutrition is number one pillar. And okay. if you look at the standard American diet, what Americans eat every day, 65% of American food comes from processed food, something which is made in the factory. 25% comes from animal products, which also obviously is not healthy. The 10%, which is plant-based, 7 to 8% actually is French fries and ketchup and a lot of the processed Oreos and Pepsi and Coke. And they're all plant-based food, but they're very processed and they're very uh, non-whole food. So truly, Americans eat only about 2% of the whole food plant-based food. Many of my patients, many of my American patients will have zero whole food plant-based in their day, many days of the week. Many days of the week, wow. they, will have, they will have animal products, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They will have processed food two, three times a day, but they will not have a salad or they will not have fruit. And actually, now we know that it's just not what we eat is important, but we also don't eat is important because every day when we eat fresh salads or fresh fruits or cooked vegetables and cooked seeds and nuts and beans and legumes, there are benefits. So not only we have to not delete things, but we have to add things also. And adding those food definitely has benefit, not just in heart disease, but in terms of cancer, in terms of obesity, in terms of diabetes, in terms of longevity. So I think nutrition being number one pillar, and that's where and we have talked about it many times, people eating whole food, plant-based as much as possible. That doesn't mean that I want everybody to go vegan. That's not required, but people need to increase on their plate more vegetables, more fruits, more plant-based protein, more nuts and more seeds, and just drinking plain water. All those things are lacking right now. So it's what's on our plate. If you look at the Canadian plate, Canadian plate replace the milk to the water as the beverage of choice. And we should be doing that in America also. Oh, well, we've, we've had uh, the uh, milk dairy industry 
telling us for years and years and years how milk does a body good and you need it for your bones and teeth. And that's just simply not the truth. We can get way more calcium in a lot of our vegetables than we can get out of our dairy products. And it's highly processed by the time it gets to your table. Um, so Yes, I agree with you. I think dairy, dairy is so much over marketed in our country <laughs> that people... I think many mom actually almost forced their kids to drink glass yeah. of milk. Even my mom, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> even in India, we used to have a, we call a white revolution. And white revolution meant because the milk color of the milk was white. So we, we called it white revolution because every kid in my state was able to get a glass of milk. So that was considered a breakthrough. But looking back, that was actually one of the biggest curse ever happened to my state and that was the dairy revolution i wish it was more of a drinking water instead of a dairy yeah i lo i love that so it's so so important uh, just to recap pillar number one is the nutrition and let me ask you while we're talking about this because i think we can probably you know run this through all of these pillars how do you take somebody when you say most of my patients maybe two percent of their diet is whole food plant-based how do you get them from that point to having, you know, their whole food plant-based being say 80% of what they eat? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Some of my patients, because they, are, they have suffered a heart attack, many of them want to change overnight. They're very motivated <laughs> and they will do it overnight. They're very motivated. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, majority of the people who have not suffered a catastrophic event it will require them a gradual change. And that's what I take. I look at the patient, I look at the person, I look at the follower and see what stage of life they are at right now. If they are ready to make overnight switch, I help them with that kind of program. But if they are into the gradual change, that's okay. They can have a meatless Monday or they can have a breakfast, which is oatmeal and then gradually make those changes so that way they eventually become 90% whole food plant-based. Having a once in a while a animal product or once in a while processed food, I always tell all my patients, body is, human body is a wonderful machine. If mm -hmm. you insult it a few times a week, you still will live 100 years old. But when you insult it six times a day, it's not going to forgive you. I think uh, and that's what I always tell people that you don't have to become like Amy or Dr. Shah. You can just come close to us and you will be fine. You don't have to become 100% vegan or whole food plant-based. At least have 80%, 90%. And you don't have to do it overnight. Just do it over three to six months. I love that. I like that if you insult your body. You know, because people can relate to that, you know, only once or twice in a month, you're going to be okay. But if you're insulting it daily, we're going to have problems and, and it's going to fight back. I love that analogy. Toxins are the number one contributor to disease and inflammation in the body. But where are they? It's confusing, overwhelming, and downright exhausting. Grab my free ebook at bit.ly TWH Blacklist, where I'm going to walk you through the kitchen, the laundry room, the bathroom, and the bedroom, giving you exactly what to avoid. Pillar number two. What say you on pillar number two? So pillar number two is physical activity, or we call exercise. Exercise mm -hmm. is not the right word to use because 
most people when they hear about exercise they mean going to a gym and running on a treadmill or a bike or lifting weights but i meant to say physical activity that means moving every hour as much as possible that means vacuuming your house or cleaning your window or washing your dishes or mowing the lawn or or shoveling the snow whatever physical activity you are into or going out and playing tennis or going out running with your spouse or your partner or playing golf whatever physical activity you like if you like going to the gym nothing wrong with it but moving every hour is very important we know now that physical activity is not only good for preventing many chronic diseases is also good for longevity people who are physically active they live long physical activity is many times not adequate to lose weight but it definitely helps to lose weight and definitely helps to sustain the weight loss so it doesn't come back so physical activity is pillar number second when physical activity is right amy people actually improve their sleep improve their mood the depression start to go away the emotional eating start to go away so all these pillars are actually intertwined they all affect mm. each other they are not separately standing just like in the house in the house these pillars are separate but in our body these six pillars are they all are intertwined they all work in concert together when you improve your exercise it improves your eating it improves your sleep it improves your stress you know yeah. it improves everything so again exercise being number 2 pillar still it helps all other pillars too i i love that you said that that these are not standalone pillars they all work and intertwine you can't do 1 4 5 and expect to have good results from it you've got to work them all in a way that's best and and fits into what you're doing right yes definitely definitely i love it so get up and move once an hour you see i'm at a standing desk i incorporated that here about 6 months or so ago and i love it because i'm not sedentary i'm moving around as i'm talking so uh that's yeah, standing really desk good. is uh, such a great invention because uh, a lot of the jobs have become a desk job now and i yes. think a standing desk would be nice and even people who cannot have standing desk even if they move just 5 minutes every hour amy most employers now have recognized that a healthy employee always is going to be more productive employee and actually yes, yes. will have a less sick and call in sick time and will have be more creative so most employers now allow you to move 5 minutes every hour so just get up do some squats go to a water fountain drink some water or go take few stairs and come back and sit down on your desk i think it's more of a mindset it's more yes. of creating a habit i don't think yes, yes. it's a matter of time i think time is not the issue it's a matter of creating a habit for example 5 years ago same me was not walking that many steps now in between patients amy every patient when it ends i have 3 or 4 minutes to do something whatever i want to do so instead of sitting and going on a facebook or going on whatever i rather just get up and go for 2 or 3 minute walk and if i do it 20 times a day that's 6 or 7000 steps it I mean, it adds up it adds up just move every hour move every yeah. hour it adds up and i found a, a a really great tool 
to use to help you get into that habit is just set an alarm on your phone to go off once an hour. That'll, uh, you know, cue you that, hey, have I moved? Get up. Let's move around. Yep. Yeah, there are Love many that. tools available now. Yeah. Oh, lots and lots yep. of tools. Okay, so we've got food, uh, proper nutrition. We've got get up and move every hour. What's pillar number three? So pillar number three is sleep. You know, okay. sometimes we take sleep as granted. We don't take sleep seriously. We assume that when we go to the bed, we'll fall asleep. But most Americans have difficulty in initiating a sleep and maintaining a good sleep. You know, I would yeah. say millions of Americans take sleeping pills, which is which is we know now is not healthy for you. So sleep is a very important pillar. And when people don't sleep next day, they are not productive. They have higher chance of getting into car accident. They have higher chance of eating three to 500 extra calories. They are not creative at work. They are moody. They don't have a good relationship pillar. Sleep also permeates into other pillars also. I have right. personally noticed myself that whenever I have a good sleep, I'm just a better doctor, better husband, better father, better friend. Sleep is just such an important investment into our health. And sleep is not that difficult if you are very, very organized. If you exercise in the morning, just 20, 30 minutes, if you expose yourself to sunlight, if you eliminate some of the blue light emitting devices in the late evening hours, if you don't have a late meal at night, if you don't drink alcohol uh, at all or not have three, four hours before you go to sleep, and if you take a hot shower at night, if you make your bedroom a dark, noise-free bedroom, so sleep is not that difficult. It's just that people don't follow a sleep protocol. If they follow sleep protocol, they will get good sleep. Yes. Amen. I, I agree with you 100%. And keeping a, the same sleep schedule, no matter what's going on. Go to bed at the same time. Wake up at the same time. When we make those variant changes, our body can't get into any kind of rhythm. And that just throws us off completely with our sleep. I agree. I think maintaining a sleep schedule is one of the important recommendations. I agree with you. Oh, thank you. All right. So we got nutrition. We've got, we're moving every hour. Now we're sleeping good. Now what do we need to tackle? So next is a stress management. Stress management pillar is very important. When we are stressed, we have emotional eating. When we are stressed, we don't exercise. We just want to sit and drink alcohol or just cry, or watch TV, mindless TV, whatever. When we are stressed, right, right. we call in sick at work. When we are stressed, we have a higher chance of divorce. When, so stress plays a large role in all the six other five pillars. So stress management is very important. And stress comes, stress comes from all angles to all of us every minute, every hour, every day. So stress is not something we can avoid. Stress is going to happen. Just being alive is stressful. At the same <laughs> time, at the same time, we need to learn how to turn the distress into eustress. Eustress means stress which is healthy. Because when we are eustress, we are more creative. We are on the top of the game. We are actually achieving more success. So eustress is healthy and eustress is good for you. It's the distress where we really get in trouble. And there are a lot of books written on it that how to turn distress into eustress. 
but I will give you some common tools. For example, just simple 15 minutes of meditation will turn a lot of the distress into eustress. Just regular walking will turn distress into eustress. Having a half an hour extra sleep when you are stressed will turn distress into eustress. Having a person or a friend or a spouse to talk to about your day, about what's going in your life, will turn that distress into eustress. Having a good counselor, having your omega-3, all those things will turn into distress into eustress. So again, stress is not the enemy. It's the distress which is the enemy. So when I talk yeah. about stress management, I'm talking about lowering as much distress as yeah. possible, converting that distress into eustress, and having an adequate amount of eustress so we are on the top of our game. I love that. And I teach with all my clients that your body cannot tell the difference between chemical stress, a physical stress, or an emotional stress. It sees it all as stress. And like you said, we can't avoid it. It's there. Uh, so we just need to make sure that we're being able. I like that. I've not heard the distress into you stress. So I love that um, analogy. All right. We're, we're walking them down here. We're down to that last pillar. What do we got? We got two more pillars. One oh, of them, two more. Sorry. Two more. Yeah, <laughs> yes. One of, one of them is uh, substance abuse and alcohol abuse. You know, alcohol is a major issue in this country. Fortunately, other substances have gone down slightly, but alcohol still has remained number one, number one substance, which is abuse. And we know alcohol can lead to many complications, health complications, productivity, accidents, you know, relationship, divorce, many things happen. So substance abuse is an important pillar. And our College of Lifestyle Medicine realized that the substance abuse has actually permeated into our lives so readily because of all the marketing of alcohol mm -hmm. as a good thing to have. Having a one or two drink, having a glass of wine is considered not just healthy, but something which is proven to be beneficial, but that's not true. Actually, right. we know now zero alcohol is the best policy. So that right. way, substance abuse is an important pillar. And I'm not asking everybody to be 100% zero alcohol. They can have a glass of wine maybe once a week with a family, with a dinner, not on an empty stomach, and that would be fine. But having a glass or two of wine every night by yourself, without any company, without any food, is essentially inviting trouble. And the last pillar is the relationship. Relationship mm. is as important because when we are into good relationship, we almost become better team player. Because when you have a spouse or a life partner or a friend who exercise, you will exercise. When they eat healthy, you will eat healthy. Because they said that if you tell me your top five friends or top five relationship, I can tell everything about your life, how healthy you are, how successful you are, how rich you are, how good you are. And so relationship pillar is very important. All the relationship will bring either a health or will bring a disaster. So again, right. two relations which are going to promote your health promote your success in your life, promote your longevity. So relationship pillar is very important. And again, all six pillars, they work in concert. They work together. They support each other. They actually promote each other. So again, all six pillars, some people are good at three or four pillars. They need to increase and improve in other pillars. Like I'm good at certain pillars. 
I need to improve on certain pillars. Mm-hmm. We all have those in life, and that's okay. Right. Just balance a day with as many pillars as you can. Uh, I love that. I love these pillars. I love how they work off each other. Um, and I love how we can incorporate them the best that we can as we move along. We can improve upon them uh, with over time. Um, Dr. Shaw, uh, I know we've scrolled the, the Facebook page down here. I want to give you the last uh, word in how you want to wrap this up and, and the thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience. But first, I got to ask you, because this is a question I ask every podcast guest, is what is your top Toxic-free lifestyle tip. I think uh, if they can uh, if they can eliminate processed food, that would be my number one tip because processed food leads to significant amount of mortality, morbidity, chronic disease. I think uh, if they can lower processed food as much as possible, that would be my number one tip. There, there we go. I love it. And what would you like to leave um, as a parting thought for our audience here? So again, I'm here. Amy is here. We all are here to support you, to help you, to promote your health. We are here as an equal team members. All our viewers and followers may have certain knowledge which we can learn from you. We always are going to be learning from each other. I'm not here as a professor. I'm here as a team player. They can reach out to my YouTube channel, Healthy Living with Dr. Ajay Shah. They can reach out to our page, Healthy Living with Dr. Ajay Shah. But again, my role, Amy's role here is to be a friend and be a team player. None of us are captain. We all play equal game. We all have the same, same goal is to live healthy and live long. Uh, thank you so much. Such great parting words. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.